presented by Chevron. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamburino. The debt ceiling deal lawmakers hope to pass in the coming days includes a handful of updates to environmental permitting rules that could benefit both oil and gas and clean energy projects, including timelines for environmental reviews. But it leaves out some of the more contentious issues lawmakers have been haggling over and includes a surprise approval of the Mountain Valley Pipeline championed by West Virginia's Joe Manchin. The controversial natural gas project has been a priority for West Virginia, but its approval will bring new criticism for the Biden administration. Our own Josh Siegel has the latest on what's in the deal and what comes next. It's Wednesday, May 31st. All right, Josh, we got word and bill text over the weekend of a compromised debt ceiling deal that included some changes related to environmental permitting rules. You've been tracking the ups and downs of this pretty closely. Can you remind folks broadly what was included in this bill? Yeah, so this part of the bill, which was struck really at at the last minute, from my understanding, it was among, if not the last part of the deal that was finalized, would contain a handful of updates to environmental permitting rules, specifically around NEPA, the National Environmental Policy Act. And I'd say these reforms as a whole are, are relatively modest as far as all the things that were kind of on the border that been, have been talked about uh, in recent months. Uh, you know, kind of the headline elements are setting deadlines uh, for reviews. So a two-year limit on environmental impact statements, which are more in-depth reviews, and a one-year limit for environmental assessments, which are more limited reviews. And then there's also an enforcement element of that, allowing developers to kind of seek the intervention of a court if a deadline is missed. So that, that's that's kind of the big one. And then there's some some changes around to the actual statute around how NEPA is applied as far as requiring agencies in some cases to consider fewer alternatives alternatives for projects. So options considered are reasonably foreseeable, some more use, um, more streamlined use of categorical exclusions where essentially NEPA isn't triggered at all. And, um, you know, so that's something that industry would be happy about. One element that was left off the table that is not in this bill that's significant is judicial review uh, limitations, which is a big push uh, from Republicans, you know, who say environmentalists are too easily can, can sue these projects and stop them in their tracks. Um, so that was le- left off um, as a concession to the White House. Um, so th- so those are sort of the big elements. And then the, the biggest missing piece, of course, is transmission. There's only a study in here, uh, but there's no actual policy change dealing with transmission, which is the biggest Democratic priority. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit of how we got to this deal? You mentioned transmission. Uh, We had heard leading up to the deal that lawmakers were considering adding bill text related to this from Senator Hankenlooper and Representative Scott Peters. What happened to that? How did we get to the deal that we have today? Yeah. So clearly Democrats in the White House came at this negotiation early on saying transmission is a must-have. This is what we care about the most. And from my understanding, in reporting this out, talking to a lot of people involved uh, over the recent days. Essentially, you know, Democrats came out pretty aggressive, want, wanted some language around cost allocation, which is kind of their big priority. That was in the previous mansion bill from last year, essentially allowing FERC to assign costs for projects more broadly, uh, rather than just on put it on developers to come up with, you know, how to pay for these transmission lines. And, uh, you know, Republicans have rejected that out of hand. So Democrats basically had to come down to that. And that's where this push from Senator Hickenlooper and Scott Peters, two Democrats, 
one in the House, one in the Senate. They've been working on this proposal that would essentially, uh, you know, it's considered more modest in that it was really framed more around improving the resiliency of the grid. And let, I mean, yes, there's a clean energy element in that it would enable more transmission build out, but essentially that would allow different regional grids to, to increase their interconnection and to, you know, share power. Uh, you know, set a percentage of doing that. And that was something that came into the mix and Republicans, you know, looked at. But from my understanding, you know, they they just they never got to a place where they really were going to get to yes on that. Their whole view is transmission is very complicated. It's thorny. It's new to a lot of our members. We just don't feel like the debt ceiling bill is a, is a place to do that. But Speaker McCarthy and Garrett Graves, who was the main Republican negotiator on the permitting pieces, uh, he has a lot of experience in permitting and in NEPA um, and, and, and transmission. He he said, you know, they, the both of them said that they pledged to work on those issues kind of going forward and potentially a more comprehensive deal later on. We'll see, you know, if there's actually appetite to do that after there, you know, is a fairly significant permitting, uh, you know, package as part of this debt bill. Mm-hmm. And this bill would also expedite the permitting for the Mountain Valley Pipeline, which is a longtime priority for West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. When Manchin previously sought permitting reform, there was pushback on adding this provision on the Mountain Valley Pipeline from progressives and climate advocates. What's changed? How did that provision end up in this bill? Yeah, this was the big surprise, really. It was not anything that either side even kind of touted and like when the deal was announced at first no one was saying in their kind of their talking points that this was even in it so we didn't know until the bill text came out just before that there was a statement from senator shelley moore capito who's the republican from west virginia who this is a huge priority for along with of course joe manchin um and and reporting us out you know on monday and and a little bit over the weekend uh what it was really was manchin and capito both you know, when they when they saw that permitting was going to that House Republicans in the White House were negotiating on permitting as part of the debt ceiling, both of them separately, because there's a competitive aspect given Manchin's up for reelection and Capito has uh, supported Manchin's uh, potential opponent in that race, um, you know, but separately said, you know, MVP should, should be in this mix. Like, this is a must-pass bill. Like, this is still important to us. And essentially, the, you know, the White House, um, you know, they've they've come out and said that they support this pipeline for energy security reasons. And and they, you know, acceded to it and said, you know, let, let, let's, you know, let's, let's do this now. You know, they didn't see it as a huge concession uh, to anyone because their argument from the White House perspective is the project was almost finished. Uh, they say it wouldn't have a huge impact on, on emissions overall as a single project. Um, and of course, though, you know, it's, it's beneficial uh, to them that, you know, Manchin's facing reelection. He's very important uh, to Senate Democrats maintaining control in 2024. So I'm sure there was an element of that as well. And like, well, let's just get this over with and, and give him what he what he wants here. Um, and from the House Republican side, this was not a huge focus of theirs. But, uh, you know, because they view it as like, OK, you're picking winners and losers here. But essentially, the way they approached it in the negotiations was, well, I mean, you know, this will look like a concession from Democrats from the White House. So, you know, why not? And they do have some members in oil and gas states who who would like this provision as well. Mm-hmm. And what's been the reaction so far now that the bill text is out? Do folks see this as enough on permitting reform or are we expecting next steps here that would move the ball forward even more? 
I think it's it's still early to talk about next steps because I think the focus of people involved is like okay let's let's pass let's pass this this bill. Um, but yes, you know as I mentioned earlier, there's generally a commitment um, you know from the the administration and uh, House Republicans to like continue on this conversation, do more comprehensive permitting with transmission, maybe pipeline specific stuff critical minerals, you know, isn't addressed specifically in this, in this bill, um, oil and gas leasing, or just public lands, energy leasing also not addressed. So there's plenty left to do. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people do say like this, this is a start, and it's healthy that, you know, that they were able to kind of get the gears moving and, and, and just opens up more. But there's a lot of skepticism still, I think, from from certain corners around, you know, that's we just haven't seen Congress kind of hit the same policy area like multiple times in a year. So, uh, you know, it would be a little unusual to, to see folks kind of turn back around and have the incentive and focus to really do more in this area. Um, but, you know, folks are saying that's the case at this point. We'll have to see how it plays out. And then reaction to this bill, I mean, yeah, you know, people are upset on the progressive left, of course, with MVP. Um, there's some people on the right who just feel overall this bill doesn't do enough, not so much on the permitting component. But, um, yeah, most people seem seem to think, given the stakes with the debt ceiling and the deadline coming up, there should be enough votes kind of in, in the middle to get this through. Thanks, Josh. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. The music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is striving to lead the way in the energy transition. They're working to deploy carbon capture and producing renewable fuels, developing multiple solutions today while forging new paths to the future. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash energy in progress.